Thank you guys for tuning back into the DNA of the Kingdom with your host, Ryan Bastris of Wake Ministries. Uh, I want to welcome um, uh, the ones that may be new that are tuning in and watching this. If you haven't uh, caught our last two videos, I'd encourage you to go back in the archive and check those two videos out. They were powerful. They were fun to shoot, and I know it would be an encouragement to you. Um, and if you haven't already, make sure you hit that uh, subscribe button. Hit that bell on the Millennium Beat a YouTube channel, and it will notify you when videos like this are uploaded. So again, grab a cup of coffee, sit down on your comfy chair, kick back and relax, and enjoy week three of this series that we're doing on identity and our inheritance. See you soon. Hey guys, what's up? Let's jump right into the Word of God. I'm excited to be with you guys on week three of this Identity Inheritance series. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. I want to speak a little bit on it's still redeemable. It's still redeemable. In John chapter 11, we hear, let me just catch you guys up. I want to start with verse 20 here in John 11. Let us catch up a little bit. Jesus is hanging out somewhere, and he gets word that Lazarus is sick. He stays a little longer where he was, and then he goes not to pray you know, Lazarus out of his bed, his sick bed, but to actually call him out of a grave. So, of course, uh, Mary and Martha, who are the sisters of Lazarus, are probably a little upset, a little confused on why Jesus took so long to come and actually pray for their brother. And I'm sure they're thinking, if you would have prayed for him to be made whole, we wouldn't be in this predicament. We would have had you over for dinner, not a funeral, right? And so in verse 20, it says this, Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, here it is, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 22, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Let me stop right there, okay, in verse 23, when Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. You need to believe that. Maybe some things have been cast down. Maybe some things have um, become like dead in your life. You know it's things that God desires for your life. Can I tell you something? Those things will rise again as the breath of the Holy Spirit breathes upon you because He values you and He brings those things to life in you. Maybe you feel dead inside. Maybe you feel cast down. Maybe you're in a place of depression and anxiety. I just want to encourage you. Your soul will rise again. You will rise again. Come on, somebody. But in verse 24, it says this, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even if he dies. Verse 26, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believed that you are the Christ. I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into this world. And so they continue to have a dialogue. He goes over to 
of the tomb because Jesus later on in John 11 says, where have you laid him? And they take him to the tomb. And, and, and I love this because, you know, it says in verse 35, Jesus wept. But in verse 36, so the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. God loves you. Come on, somebody. Verse 37, but some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man also from dying? See, they believed he could keep them from dying, Lazarus from dying, but they didn't believe that Jesus could actually raise him from the dead. Let me say this. Earlier, Jesus says, you know what? This is going to be for my Father's glory. Can I tell you something? Sometimes, okay, we don't like weakness in our life. We don't like shortcomings in our life. But listen, sometimes it goes there. But can I tell you something? When you turn to God and God moves, it's going to be for His glory. Amen? So He wants to use even your weakness as a platform to showcase His glory. Amen? But I love this because, you know, Jesus goes on to say, remove the stone, and then He you know, thanks the Father, blesses the Father, and then He says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes out of the tomb, and then He tells His friends, loose some of His grave clothes, uh, and, 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 and the story continues. But I wanted to say some stuff here real quick. Lazarus ended up where Mary and Martha prayed. Like He ends up going where they believed he wouldn't go through prayer and by requesting Jesus to come. They request Jesus to come. He doesn't seem like he's showing up. Lazarus gets sicker and sicker, and he goes where they didn't want him to go. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in circumstances and situations where you're like, God, I don't want this to get worse. I pray against this. I pray that it won't get worse. I pray that it won't go here. I pray my finances won't go there. I pray my husband won't do this. I, I pray this won't end up in a divorce. I pray this won't happen. But we pray, pray, pray. We ask for Jesus to come, and then it seems like he's not showing up, and it goes where we don't want it to go. Can I tell you something? Sometimes, I'll say this, God will let certain things go somewhere so he can take you somewhere. He can show forth his glory. He can give you an amazing revelation. And you would never have that revelation if certain things didn't go where they went. Okay? He will always use it for your good. But let me encourage you with this. Sometimes we pray for things to not go where we don't want them to go. Jesus wept. He didn't want Lazarus to be in the tomb, but he knew it was for God's glory. Can I tell you something? We need to believe that God's going to bring glory in our story. We need to believe that God's going to use our story for His glory. And we need to believe that even if it goes where we don't want it to go, it doesn't mean that we're outside of a move of God, and it doesn't mean that it cannot be redeemable, fixed, restored, healed, made brand new, and maybe even made more perfect than it was before. Can I tell you something? Let me say this. I, I want to back up real quick. Lazarus goes where he didn't want to go. Mary and Martha didn't want Lazarus to go where he went, but it was for God's glory. And in Lazarus' story, come on somebody, mm, God's glory showed forth, shined forth, so that people who were saying, man, couldn't he keep this man from dying? Their revelation was expanded. Their eyes of understanding were opened. The disciples, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, Mary and Martha, Lazarus, their eyes of understanding was open that this man even has authority over death. Come on, somebody. Sometimes God lets us go certain places so that he can actually get the glory, but also reveal himself in our story, okay, to open our eyes up, to show us, 
okay, for us to understand in a better way who he is, okay? So, because listen, sometimes we find ourselves in storms, okay, that um, we find ourselves in, um, you know, storms that, you know, just come upon us. You know, we have intentional storms, storms that come intentionally for a purpose. We have storms that will come um, that, you know, could have been prevented, and we have storms that come that couldn't be prevented. Storms that couldn't be, you know, prevented is sickness or this or that, right? Um, storms that, you know, could be prevented are storms that we've done some things and we brought some consequences on ourselves. Intentional storms is sometimes places where God lets us go to show us His glory, to show us who He is, okay? But all three storms that I just categorized are all profitable if we submit to God. Um, because watch this, we will see who God is. Those storms will be a catalyst to bring us into a greater prayer life, a greater, uh, uh, um, a greater revelation of who the Father is, right? Our eyes of understanding can open in the midst of that storm as we pray to God and see God move. See, God will use all things to work together for our good. So what the enemy sent to break you, the, the thing that the enemy sent to take you from God could actually be a catalyst to bring you closer to God if you submit to God and say, God, through it all, I will trust you. Like Mary and Martha, right? I don't understand why I didn't show up, but I'm just going to trust you. And their eyes of understanding were open. They see Lazarus rise from the dead. And now they could no longer say, only, can you keep this man from dying? They said, man, even if he dies, he can still raise him from the dead. Can I tell you something? God wants you to have that kind of faith as well. That Yeah, man, listen, sometimes when we pray and things are prevented because we prayed, that's awesome. That's a place to shout. That's a place to give God praise. That's an amazing thing. But sometimes we find ourselves in places that we don't want to be. And it's like, God, I prayed. And I tell you something, you still need to anticipate. You still need to expect that God is going to move on your behalf. Come on, somebody. When the disciples were in a storm in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat. They wake him up and they say, Jesus, do you not care that we're perishing. Jesus rises up, okay? He rebukes the storm and he calms the sea. And then he starts dealing with his disciples and what he believed was the most important thing. And that was their faith increasing. Can I tell you this? In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, it says this. This is the desire of God, that all men would be saved. This is 1 Timothy 2, 4. That word saved means sozoed. It means to be healed, delivered, set free, kept safe and sound. That's God's desire. Let me encourage you with this verse, 2 Peter chapter 2. I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, God does not desire that anyone would perish. Perish means to have things killed, stilled, or destroyed. He doesn't desire that. The enemy desires to kill, still, and destroy. But God desires to bring life and to bring it more abundantly. Why are you saying this, preacher? The reason I'm saying this is when the disciples were in the storm, they went where they didn't want to go, but God still redeemed the situation through Christ, and it increased their faith. God will not waste anything in the kingdom. God says, you're in this storm. I'm going to work it for your good. You're not going to perish because I don't desire anything to be killed, stilled, or destroyed, but I actually am going to use this storm to add something to your mind, to add something to your heart, to add something to your life. Come on, somebody. Um, but let me also encourage you with this. When Jesus rose and rebuked the storm, calmed the sea, and spoke to the disciples, he showed them 
I do care that you're perishing right now. I don't want this storm to take something from you. I'm going to use this storm to add something to you. And he rebukes the winds and the waves. And I tell you something, Jesus shows us he doesn't care. He doesn't, I'm sorry, he doesn't desire us to perish by him you know, hanging on the cross and on the third day raising from the dead. Come on, somebody. He shows us that he cares and that he desires us not to perish, but for us to actually be saved, healed, delivered, kept safe and sound. Come on, somebody. So let me just encourage you today that maybe you're in a place where something went where you didn't want it to go. It's still redeemable. God can still reach and raise you from the dead, bring you out of something, bring you into what he desires. Even if it goes where you don't want it to go, still anticipate that God loves you. He doesn't want you to perish in this storm. He doesn't want anything to be taken from you, but he's going to actually add something to you, okay? And actually believe that even if certain things go where I don't want it to go and it seems impossible to ever have life or resurrection, can I tell you something? Mary and Martha were like that. They probably thought there's no way he could be raised from the dead, but he could have prevented him from dying, but now he's dead, so we're done. No, Jesus showed them so their eyes of understanding would open, their anticipation and expectation would be stirred, that even if it goes where we don't want it to go, God can still show up. God will show up because he loves us, and he will pull us out, and he'll bring us into what he desires because he doesn't want us to perish, but he wants us to be saved, healed, delivered, kept safe and sound and set. And so I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray for your hope. And I just want to pray for your circumstance. I'm not saying life is all about circumstances and horrible, bad things. But life happens sometimes. And we go places where we don't want to go. But God can still redeem the situation. Think of your life before Christ. If you're born again, think of your life before Christ. You were a mess. You were in places that no one desired you to be. But Jesus loved you, reached, pulled you out, and brought redemption in your life, made you born again. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. And we have faith for that. When we said the prayer and we gave our life to Jesus, we believed that. Let's have that kind of faith in all situations that when I go where I don't want to go, the one that redeemed my soul will redeem my situation, and I'll have something added to me, not taken from me. Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray right now that you would stir that kind of hope and faith that we had when we said yes to you, Jesus. Jesus, let us have that kind of faith in all areas of life. Let our faith actually grow and be stronger where we're like, you know what? He's got this. Even though it went where I didn't want it to go, God's going to bring redemption because he doesn't want me to perish. He doesn't want anything to be killed, stilled, or destroyed, but he wants things to be added to my life. God, stir that kind of hope. I pray you add things to people's life, that you bless the ones who are listening that you stir the ones that are listening, stir their hope, stir their heart. And Father, I pray right now that you would show them who they are. Their inheritance is victory. They, 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 their inherent right is victory. And I just pray for victory to come over their lives. I pray for joy to come over their lives. I pray for peace to come over their lives. And I bless them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. And bless you guys. We'll see you next week for week four of this Identity and Inheritance series. Bless you. Mm-hmm.